So today we're starting a new series that's in line with that last part of making a difference. Every one of us were created to make a difference, and we're focusing on that last part. This, is, this season of the year is probably one of my favorite, and if you're close, if, if, if some people who are close to me think that I hate this time of year. Uh, I don't hate it, and if you were, were close to me, you'd know why that I might think that, because I can't stand all the hustle and bustle of it, right? Uh, let's celebrate Thanksgiving and be thankful for everything we have, and then the next day be ungrateful for everything we don't have and go buy it all. Um, sorry, that was not in the notes there. But it's, it's one of the things that I don't like about the season, but what I do love about this season is it's a season of gratitude. It's a season of generosity. It's a season where we're thankful for what we have, and we, we start giving gifts to people. And I, I think that we become more generous as a society in this time of the year. And I want us to lean into that as a church. I don't want us to bypass that. I want us to notice that this time of the year, we, we, we become more generous. Maybe we leave larger tips. Maybe we put a little, a little more change in the, in the Salvation Army bucket at Walmart or wherever we are. I, I don't know. We become a little more generous. And I want us to to focus on some things over the next few weeks. I want us to focus on things that matter. And the only things that matter in this life are the things that last forever. Do you know what lasts forever? It's people. People are the only things that last forever. We can't take all the stuff with us to heaven. We can't. I've never seen a hearse pulling a a U-Haul. Come on. You ever saw that? I've never seen it before. So I want us to focus on things that live forever, and that is people. People live forever. I'm talking about things that show up in eternity. And so over the next few weeks, if, if you'll let me, I want to be your spiritual tour guide, okay? I just kind of want to take you on this, on this journey of generosity over the next few weeks. And, and it's going to be fun, and, I'm, I, I, and it's always um, from the Bible. So... Here's what I want us to do. Let's take our eyes off of ourselves. Let's take our eyes off of what we want, what we need, and, and all the things that we, we think are important in our life, and let's, let's put it on what matters. Okay? Listen to me. This, we call this series Legacy for a reason. Here's what a legacy is. It's what others think about you, what others remember about you when you're gone. When you're gone, what really matters? Was it, was it the fact that you left certain things or, or was it how you made a difference in somebody's life when you're gone? That's what a legacy is. So over the next few uh, weeks, we're going to be talking about that. Now, Psalm 112 is, is a scripture that I, I just love. It says, good will come to those who are generous. Now, I know that a lot of times when, when we talk about generosity in church, we, we automatically just put this wall up like, yeah, he's fixing to talk about money, and, you know, I just ain't going to do that, right? All right? Take the wall down, and listen, if you, will, if you will respond like normal, nobody will know that you have a problem with generosity. It's just... <laughs> those, those, those laughs were like, uh... <laughs> All right, I just, I'm trying to make you laugh so we can, we can have a little fun today. I don't want you to just sit out there going, well, here he goes. Here we go. All right, we're going there. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. 
Now, listen to the next part, though. It says, those who conduct their affairs with justice. So generosity is not just about our money. It's about how we conduct our lives, about how we conduct our business, how we do things in life. That's generosity, too, and I love it. It says, surely the righteous will never be shaken. Notice that word, shaken. In your life, there are things that are going to be shaking around you. But it says the righteous will never be shaken. So that means everything else can be falling, around, falling apart around you, but you're righteous. You've been living a generous lifestyle. It's not going to touch your house because, because you're righteous. Because, listen, I love this. They'll be remembered forever. In other words, they're going to leave a legacy. That's what I'm talking about. They're going to leave a legacy. The generous leave a legacy. So... Um, over the next few weeks, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of share some things that, that we have to offer during this legacy season, this time of year, but then I'm going to give you a message that, that talks about generosity. So if you're ready and if you're, if you're okay with that and you're listening, I want you to just give me like a big, uh, like say, let the wild hog eat. Okay, all right. We're figuring to eat. Let the wild hog eat. All right. So here we go. The first thing I want to tell you about, first thing that I'm mentioning to you today that's coming up five Sundays from today is what we call the legacy offering, okay? And I'm telling you about it five weeks from today because I want you to plan ahead. I want you to think about it. And, and this is not an offering that's going to just go right to our budget. Here's why I'm telling you about it. The legacy offering is an offering where we will give 100% of it to things outside of our normal operational budget. So it's not going to go to our budget and help us do a bunch of things at the end of the year that we wanted to do. No. I'm going to tell you what it's going to go to in just a minute. But for those who call City Hope home, this is an offering where we go above our tithes and above our offerings to say we want to make a difference. I want to leave a legacy. I, I, I want to I leave something that outlasts me. Amen? So we like to tell you about it now because I, I don't like compulsive giving. I don't like, uh, I want you to plan it out. I want you to talk to the Lord and ask Him what He wants you to do. And I don't like high pressure kind of things either. So this whole thing, this whole series is not a pressure thing. It's, it's not compulsive giving. It's just saying, hey, let's be obedient to the Lord. So it's going to be something we do every year in December. We'll do it every year in December. And it's an opportunity for us to meet needs in our community that, that we can't meet inside of our normal operational budget. Does that make sense? It's going to be an opportunity for us to, to live large, do some awesome things. So here we go. I'm going to give you five things that this legacy offering is going towards. All right, We call them the five legacy lanes. And if you were to go to growth track and you have the gift of giving, then you would be a person that we would want to put on the legacy team, right? And so there's a whole team that some of you don't even know about that helps just give uh, to, to meet needs outside of the budget. And the first one that we want to talk about is local missions. Local missions. Right here in our city, we're doing the best we can to make a difference in our city. But can I tell you, the reality is there are way more needs than one church can meet. Have you driven around Wichita Falls? Like there's way more needs in this city than one ministry, than one organization can do something about. So we're doing our part we're trying to make a difference in our community, but here's the deal. We don't want to go reinvent ministries that are already doing a great job in Wichita Falls. 
There are great homeless ministries. It doesn't make sense for us to go start a homeless ministry when we can just partner with somebody else and accelerate what they're doing. There's great addiction recovery ministries in Wichita Falls where we can partner with them and help make a difference and not go start something of our own to, to compete with it. Does that make sense? So, so here's the deal. Our team uh, has been vetting some local uh, faith-based organizations. We choose faith-based because we want the gospel preached. We don't want to just give, listen, social justice without spiritual justice is not justice. we got to give them spiritual justice too. So we want the gospel going out. But we're vetting some organizations and, and, and seeing who's doing what. Are they, are they handling things well? Do they have a great vision? And what we're doing is the week after the legacy offering, we're going to go to some of those organizations. We're going to surprise them. They have no idea what's going on. We're going to surprise them with a check to say, hey, we believe in you. We think you're doing something incredible, and we want to come alongside of you and accelerate your vision to make a difference in this city. Local missions. Uh, I'm looking down here to George on, on the third row. And George serves in the Wichita County Jail uh, every single Saturday. In fact, he's one of the only people going in now on Saturdays. There's a couple other ladies here today who are serving in the female ward, right? And they're going in every Saturday, every week. They're praying, they're sharing the gospel, and they're meeting needs. And we at least have over 150 documented inmates that we've been able to minister to over the last several months. That's pretty awesome. And I'm telling you about that, though, because, hey, they need your help. They need some people to come alongside them and to, and to go in and to make a difference there. But there, I have a lot of dreams and a lot of visions for our city, and I can't tell you all of them, but here's one when, that concerns Wichita County Jail and the All Red Unit, that I dream of the day when we can live stream City Hope worship services into the jail where they can have their very own worship service. They can go to small groups. They can, yeah. They can have baptisms. They can go to freedom groups. When they get out of jail, they have a place they can come to. They know, they know about City Hope, and they know they belong here. Amen? Well, preacher, what if they're a dope dealer? Listen, they're a dope dealer. You be a hope dealer. Come on, somebody. Just, just hook them up. Hook, hook, hook a brother up with some hope. You know what I'm talking about? They did dope. You do hope. You just, you just love on people. You just welcome them. You just say, hey, you're in the right place today. That's a dream of mine, but, and that's what something like the legacy offering can make a difference in that, to, to help us get towards that, that vision and that dream. So that's local missions. Uh, the second lane that we talk about is national missions. You know, there, there are um, over 4,000 churches closing their doors every single year in America. There's only 1,000 new churches starting. So you know what that leaves? A net loss of 3,000 churches closing their doors for the very last time every single year. America is is under-churched. People think it's over-churched. Oh, we, got the, we got the most churches in Wichita Falls per capita than anywhere else in the world, right? But not really. Just because there's a church on the corner doesn't mean it's even open or there are people going there. And li listen to me. We, we've got to make a difference in national missions. So we do that through church planting. We plant churches 
all across America through the Association of Related Churches. Uh, it's estimated that less than 20% of Americans go to church on any given weekend. But look at this place. It's, it's filled. We're over 90% capacity. We need a third service, y'all. We, we need to start a third service. We, we have to. We, we, we've got to get there. And most churches aren't seeing that. Listen, uh, America is one of 20 nations where, where Christianity is, is on a decline. Uh, around the world, Christianity is growing faster than population growth in many countries across the world. America is one of the countries where it's, it's a steady decline. So we're going to make a difference. This year alone, we've helped plant over 60 churches. We've seen, we've seen 646 people come to know Jesus Christ on their very first Sunday in, in, all across America. We are one of those 60 churches. In fact, we had 65 people come to know Jesus here. We had 10% of all of the people who came to know Jesus through Ark Church plants, 10% of them were right here in Wichita Falls. That's pretty awesome. So we're, we're trying to make a difference in local and international missions this year in international, um, or sorry, in national missions, church planting. We've given over $18,000 to plant churches, revitalize churches for disaster relief. We're, we're trying to make a difference there. But there's somebody in here that your heart's for church planting. Your heart is for national missions. And when you, when you give in the legacy offering, you might want to give there. But the next uh, lane that we talk about is the, the international missions lane. And, and this is the commandment Jesus gave us, to go into the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're going to the world. But here's our philosophy, is that we don't want to, how do I say it? Um, we believe that we, can, that, that we can support fewer organizations in a greater way. So rather than supporting 24 organizations with little, we support three with a lot. We do our very best to meet needs in those three organizations. So we're right now doing things in Cuba, what was a communistic nation that's still under a very heavy, oppressive government. We're still doing work there through church planting. We're equipping pastors. We're raising up ministry leaders and churches. We're, we are uh, doing sports camps. We're, we're supporting all kinds of things happening, vaca vacation Bible schools in Cuba. Oh, and by the way, we're taking a missions trip there this summer, July 2020. And if you want to go, you better be saving some money, right? It's $2,000 to get there and back, but it will be a life-changing experience for you if you want to be part of that. And, and then we support Uganda, where there are tons of orphans. I mean, a lot of orphans in Uganda. We're making a difference building orphanages, ed educating the orphans, giving them clean drinking water, y'all. We don't even think about drinking water here. Y'all are like, oh, this, this faucet water nasty. It's poop water. But <laughs> that's for real what they have in Uganda. They got the real poop water. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it doesn't have reverse osmosis treatment there. And so we're making a difference there. We're feeding Jews and Arabs alike in Israel. We're supporting them. Jesus said go to the Jew first. So the very first 1% of every dollar given here goes to meet needs in Israel. So we're doing our work. We're doing what we can there. Some of you are passionate about that. You might want to give towards that. The next lane I think is one of 
it's one of my favorite. It's, it's on my heart heavy right now, and it is the City Hope Leadership Academy. And, and the reason why I love this, Lane, is because I want to see City Hope raise up a generation of leaders not, not just a bunch of people who go to church, but people who feel a call into ministry in some way, whether that's part-time, full-time, or just, or just serving, right? Not drawing a paycheck, where we can send people out to churches who need them. Eric, the guy who normally plays keys and helps us lead worship in here, he's been at another church in Wichita Falls for the past three months serving there. He came and said, this church needs us. And, and we said, go, man, go. Make a difference. Why, why are we going to hang on to somebody like that? Let's be a church that can make a difference across Wichita Falls. So we've, we've got to train people up. We've got to raise people up. And I especially love young people. I, w- I want to raise up young people who, who can, will be educated and equipped to be world-class leaders to make an eternal difference in our city, in our nation, and around the world. Amen? Hey, one day if we launch another campus, where do, the, where do those people, where do those leaders come from? The Leadership Academy, where we're raising people up, where we're sending them out to make a difference. And, and maybe you're passionate about that kind of thing. You can give towards that. All right, so I told you there's five, and I've given you four. And, and the reason I'm giving you these um, uh, lanes is because everybody has a different passion. Some of you are listening and you're like, man, I want to give towards local missions. Let's make a difference here in Wichita Falls. Some of you are thinking, leadership academy, let's raise up people to serve God. But this next one is one that I think everybody can get fired up about, and that is buildings and projects. Come on, y'all. We, yeah. This is one, yeah, everybody's like, yeah, come on, brother. So this, this project, uh, this, this lane is one that can accelerate the vision here. So we've been blessed to be here at McNeil uh, since January, and we have a great relationship with the school. The whole time we've been here, we've been looking for uh, properties or buildings or somewhere that we, could, that, that we could move and have a church service. But as you know, there's, um, it's a little difficult to find a building that would seat this many people and give us room for growth and opportunity for expansion at a decent uh, price, right? So um, I don't have news to share with you that we found a building and we've signed papers, but what I can tell you is that we are in a discovery phase with a piece of property, a building in Wichita Falls, where we are just trying to discover, can this work for us? And it's in a great location close to Midwestern Estate. It, uh, it will seat way more people than this. I'll just tell you right now, seat like five to 700 people. And, and God, is, uh, God has just opened some doors. And our commitment is we're just going to keep walking through doors until he closes the door. So if the door closes, it wasn't God, right? But if, he, if they stay open, all right, let's keep walking. And so that's what we're doing. And, and here's what I'm, I'm, I'm telling you all that because the legacy offering can make a difference there. Because it, it's a great building, but it needs updated. It's a great building, but there are things we've got to purchase. Like, we can use a lot of stuff here, but there's a lot of things we, we have to upgrade. We have to make improvements to the building. We have to do some things, and that requires us to be part of the legacy offering to accelerate that and make a difference. Does that make sense? So I, I'm not trying to give you false hope in this, but I'm hoping that over the next few weeks I can give updates on where are we? Did, it, it, how's things going with that? So that's, that's buildings. 
and we have an opportunity to accelerate. I love the word accelerate. I use it a lot because, because listen, when you get in a, when you get in a, a sports car, you don't want to putter around. You know what I'm talking about? You, you get in a speedboat, you, you want to you go. You want to go fast. You're like, hey, let's go. Let's accelerate this thing. You're not, you know what I'm talking about? So here's, here's the deal. We're not doing the legacy offering in five weeks because we need to. In fact, we're running the church on uh, a little less than 70%, uh, around 70% of every dollar that comes in. We're saving. We're, we're supporting ministries. We're making a difference in our community, right? We don't have to do this. In fact, if we don't do the legacy offering, we will still have given over $50,000 in missions uh, this year. Yeah. We don't have to do it. So we do this not because we have to, but because we get to. We get to leave a legacy. We get to make a difference. And what I want to do now is I want to shift gears. I've told you about the legacy offering coming up, but now I want to talk about passionate spirituality when it comes to generosity. And, and I don't have much time, so I'm going to have to talk real fast, okay? All right, here's the deal. I think most people follow God out of duty rather than delight. They follow Him because they have to, not because they get to. So they read their Bible but they don't enjoy reading their Bible. They just know they're supposed to read their Bible. Uh, they, they don't enjoy praying. They just pray because they know they're supposed to pray, right? And, and we, we don't give the way God wants us to give because it, it's a have to instead of a get to. And I want to change our mindset on that. I want, us, I want us to change the way we feel about generosity, and I want us to look at it as a blessed life, that God blesses us to be a blessing. Amen? So what is a blessed life? Well, blessed is endowed with divine protection and favor. Who wants that? Come on. Y'all want f divine favor and protection? I want that. So I want to live blessed. Well, blessed is supernatural power working for you. Okay? Cursed is, the Bible talks about cursed. It, cursed is supernatural power working against you. So blessed is is a reward for your obedience, and cursed is consequence for your disobedience. How many of you practice that with your kids? If you've got kids, you get a reward if you obey. Not all the time, but sometimes. And if you disobey, you fig to get a consequence, right? That's the way we do it. Well, I think that's the way God works with us, too. When we obey, there's blessings. When we disobey, there's consequence. So the blessed life's not about getting more stuff. It's not about acquiring the wealth, but it's actually about living a lifestyle of generosity to make a difference in other people. It's about an attitude of generosity. So I want to give you three things today that I want you to know about the blessed life. And the first one is this, that we will be happier when we give than when we receive. We love giving gifts, and we love getting gifts. But I'm telling you, there is way more joy when we learn to give than there is when we receive. Do you know what I'm talking about? Paul said in Acts chapter 20, he said, I've been a constant example of how you can help the poor by working hard. You should remember the words of Jesus who said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So my point, though, is that you'll be happier. So which is it? Are you going to be blessed or are you going to be happier? Well, the word there for blessed is makarios, which means happier. 
You're going to be happier when you learn to live out generosity in your life, when you learn to give than when you receive. Second Corinthians, Paul is uh, talking about this Macedonian church and how they've given just like crazy. And he says, I want to tell you, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done for the churches in Macedonia. Though they've been going through much trouble and hard times. In other words, they're going through a recession. They were going through some financial difficulties. Their wonderful joy and deep poverty have overflowed into rich generosity. For I can tell you, I can testify, Paul says, that they gave not only what they could afford, but they gave far more than what I was expecting. And, and they did it of their own free will. In other words, I didn't put pressure on them. I just said, here's an opportunity. Here's a legacy offering for you to support Jerusalem, right? And look, look at this. They begged us again and again for the gracious privilege of sharing in the gift for the Christians in Jerusalem. Best of all, they went beyond our highest hopes. They went beyond our high, high hopes for a living, right? They went beyond that. But here's what I want to Can you hear the sound? Can you hear the joy in these churches? They're begging to give. We, hey, we want to be a blessing. We want to make a difference in Jerusalem. Hey, can we give? And they gave even though they were poor. They were in the middle of a recession. They had sacrificially given more than Paul expected. But they did it full of joy. They did it because it, it, it made them happier to give. So God doesn't want us giving grudgingly. Like, uh, here, here you go. No, no, not yet. No, hold on. No, you, you can have it now. No, 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 I'll take it back. He doesn't want that. He wants us to give out of joy because it, it, it's, it's fun. It's hap- it makes us happier when we give. Uh, let me give you the second thing. Um, the second thing you need to know about b- the blessed life is that God loves cheerful givers. He loves, he loves people who give cheerfully. And uh, he continues his, his uh, letter, the same letter about the churches, and he says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds gets what? A small crop. I mean, if you plant one tomato seed, guess what? You, you might not even get a plant, right? If you plant few, you're going to reap few. It's a, a law of soaping, not soaping, but sowing and reaping, right? You plant a few seeds, you'll get a, few, a, a small crop. But the one who plants generously gets a generous crop. And it goes on to say, um, you must make up your own mind. I'm not making up your mind for you. I'm presenting this to you to say, you ask the Lord what he wants you to do. You make up your mind as to what you should give, but don't give reluctantly. And don't give in response to pressure. We don't like that here. We don't like pressure. But God loves the person who gives cheerfully. The, the best translation for the word cheerful is hilarious. It really is. And, and it, it's like somebody comes up and says, hey, I, I need this. And you're like, of course, man. You like start laughing like, yeah, why? of course, I'll help you. No big deal. It's like you see a need in public and, and you're like, man, you get so much joy out of helping them. It's, it's just hilarious. It, it's fun. It's joyful. And our attitude in this process is way more important than the amount that we give. Now listen to me. It's not about giving an equal amount to somebody else. It's about an equal sacrifice. It's about sacrificing. And listen, 
Annalise and I, we're praying. We're asking the Lord, what do you want us to give in the legacy offering? What are we going to give up? Because it's a sacrifice. Are we going to not eat out as much this month? Are we going to change some things about the way we, our lifestyle so that we can give a little bit more? And I think we need, we need to ask those questions. It's not about amounts. It's about the sacrifice. So when we invest in God's work, guess what he's going to do? He, he's going to give us more, so we'll keep investing that. All right, let me read this scripture real quick. You might hesitate to give cheerfully because you're thinking about the end of the month. Well, we don't have enough money to live off of. We don't have enough. And, and listen, Paul would tell you in verse uh, 8, he says, God's going to generously provide all you need. Don't worry about the end of the month. Just give cheerfully. God's going to provide everything you need. Then you will always have everything you need. And what, what are you going to have? Plenty left over. But who's, who's the more for? Others. You're going to have plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, godly people will give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will never be forgotten. For God is the one who gives the seed to the farmer and the bread to eat. In the same way, he will give you many opportunities. He's going to give you opportunities to be a blessing to people. Whether it's through giving here or giving outside of here, he's going to give you opportunities, but those opportunities produce a great harvest of generosity in you. I love this. So that, yes, you will be enriched so that you can give even more generously. And when we take your gifts, listen, when we take your gifts to the people in Wichita Falls who are doing great ministry... They're going to break out in thanksgiving to God. <laughs> That's awesome. When, when, we, when we send it to Uganda and Cuba and Israel, they're going to break out in thanksgiving to God. The day that we get to move into a new building, you're going to break out in thanksgiving to God, right? Yeah. That's that's why we do it. I, I got a, an illustration I want to show you guys real quick. I've got my friends coming up to help you. And you can put that there. Thank you, Tim. And we can just set it up right there on this side, right up front. Um, the best way I can explain it is that we're a conduit. And I made this little contraption yesterday. I'm not a plumber, y'all. <laughs> but I had this vision in my head of, of conduit and how we are a conduit for, for God to bless other people. God told Abraham, I'm blessing you to do what? Be a blessing to other people. I'm not giving you more so that you keep it to yourself. I'm giving you more so that you share it with others, that you bless it. But the, the problem is that we, when, when God blesses us, man, we love it when he blesses. Come on, somebody. Well, we love that, and, and we think, man, he's blessing us for some Louis Vuitton. Right? But, but check this out. It's only coming out one side. Right? It's coming out over here. This bucket represents us. This is how we live our lives most of the time. It's usually something selfish inside of us that says, I can't give over here. I can't make a difference here. I got to take care. I got to take care of me and mine. Right? I got to focus on, on, on me and, and what's, what, what's happening in my life. And I don't have enough for somebody over here. They're sick. They're hurting. They're dying. They need the gospel. They need somebody loving on them. They need somebody to just pat their back and tell them God's got it. You know what I'm saying? 
They, they need some love, but they got none because we're, we're keeping it all over here. We're blessed to be a blessing to us. You know what I'm saying? Like that new car, that new house, those things that God wants you to have, by the way, as long as they don't get in the way of your relationship with him. I'm preaching. So this represents God. He's funneling blessings to us all the time. And this is, this is us over here. But this little shut-off valve represents a blockage of the heart. It's a reason why we, we often don't give. Help me turn that, Jason. It's why we don't give is because there's some sort of blockage here, a selfishness, a I can't afford it. I don't, I don't have the time or the resources. And so we, we have this blockage, and we don't give. But let me show you something. When we remove that blockage, when God can get it out of the way, I want to show you what happens. When, when God moves that blockage and we begin to receive his blessings, not only does he take care of our needs, but check out what happens. Now he's starting to meet the needs of people around us. And he's starting to meet the needs of people in our city, in our nation. And he's starting to meet the needs of people on the east side and over in Section 8 housing. And he's starting to make a difference because we're a conduit. We're not meant to just hold on to it. We're meant to be a conduit to make a difference somewhere else. Come on, somebody. Amen. Food coloring. The green represents the dough. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Got some money. Listen, uh, here, here's the point I'm trying to make by that whole illustration, is that if God can get it through you, he will get it to you. If he, can get it, if he can get resources through you and you're not a dam holding it up for yourself, he will get it to you to make a difference in somebody else. Man, I'm preaching. All right. N number three, the third thing that I want, I, I want you to know about the blessed life that he gives us is that your heart follows your treasure. We, we have often said that your treasure follows your heart. But it's actually the other way around. Your heart goes where your treasure is. Matthew, Jesus said it this way, Don't store up for yourselves treasure in, on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. What, what treasures are in heaven? What's that? People. Me and you. Store up people in heaven. Store up treasures. Use your money to make a difference in people's lives. Where moth and rust don't destroy, where thieves can't break in and steal, for where your treasure is, wherever you put your treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. I'll say it this way. Our heart will follow the things we invest in. Let me say it this way. If we could see your checkbook, it would tell us where your heart is. Some of us, our hearts are in our kids' athletic future. Our hearts are in... Homes or cars or business ventures or, or whatever it could be. I'm not trying to single anybody out, but we, we put it everywhere. And Jesus said, hey, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Man, you're, you're, you're going to leave this world behind, and it won't matter a hill of beans, right? It won't make a difference. But there's this story in the Scripture where a rich young ruler wanted to know how to get into heaven. And 
And he asked God, Jesus, what can I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus felt genuine love for this man and, and said, you lack one thing. Go and sell everything you have, give the money to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. And at this, at this the man's face fell. And he went sadly away because he had many possessions. So let me ask you, what is your money, what are your resources, what do your possessions mean to you? Jesus probably won't ask you to sell everything and give it to the poor. But what if he did? What, what if he did? Most of Jesus' followers in his day, they didn't sell everything and give it to the poor, but they used it to serve other people. They would use it to make a difference. And Jesus told this young man, to, he said, sell everything you've got, give it to the poor, not because he was rich. A lot of people, they have a misconception that, oh, he was rich, that's why I told him to sell it. No, he, he was in love with his possessions more than he was in love with Jesus. He loved that more than he loved God. And the very first of the Ten Commandments says, you should have no other God before me. Possessions was his God. It was his... It was his idol so if Jesus asked you could you give everything away if he asked you could you sell your home could you give an offering in the legacy offering and let me, let me just say this your answer reveals whether money is your servant or your master money makes a great servant but a lousy master Man, y'all know what I'm talking about because we've all been in that season of life where money has dictated our lives. And it was our master. It controlled where we could go, what we could do, who we could see. And I'm just telling you, that's no way to live for anybody. That's no way for any of us to live. Let it be our servant. Amen? We tell it what to do. We tell it where to go. We tell it how we're going to spend it. Amen? All right, hey, would you bow your heads with me today? Let me, let me close with this. I want to ask you, what, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's He whispering in your heart? I, I hope, and I hope that today you heard a message about getting your heart in the right place and not a message about what you should give. I hope what you heard today was not a message of give more, do more, be more, but a message of fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus because he's, all that other stuff, it'll happen. If you fall in love with Jesus, all the other stuff will fall into place. But just, just focus on Jesus. Just, just focus on a real relationship. Just focus on passionate spirituality. So I, I want to give you a chance right now with your head bowed, your eyes closed. Just, I want to give you a chance to give Jesus the most valuable gift that you could ever give him, which is not your money, it's not your possessions. I'm talking about yourself. And, and maybe you're here today and you're far from God. You've drifted, you're distant, you've been living your own life, doing things your own way. And I'm telling you that God is so in love with you. He doesn't care about all the other stuff. He wants you. He wants you. 
Your past doesn't scare him. The things that you're dealing with don't worry him. He wants you today. You're the most valuable gift he could ever receive. And if you're here today, you say, Ben, I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to give him control of my life. If that's you, and you're ready to make him your Savior, on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand. One, two, three. Thank you. God bless you. Who else? Say, Ben, that's me. Count me in that prayer. God bless you. Thank you. Who else? I'm ready to make him the Lord of my life. I've been running the show. I've been calling the shots. I've been doing things my own way, and I I can't anymore. I'm ready to give him everything. Anybody else? Amen. Come on, let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I give you control. I give you my life. I am yours. Heart, soul, mind, strength, possessions, I'm yours. I choose to follow you. And from this day forward, I will live for you the best I know how. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's praise him.